This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. We are one church, many locations. One church, many locations. And I want you to take with me your real Bible. Anybody have a real Bible? Are you kidding me? No. I refuse. Real Bibles. Hallelujah. It is so exciting to see people with a real Bible. You know, one day I looked up at the screen. Pastor Tom was preaching and he told everyone, turn with me to X. And the screen had captured the people. And everybody had a little light sitting on their lap. And who knows what they were looking at. So we realized We are in a culture that has kind of demeaned the reality of the written word. Paperless society. (laughs) So thank you for bringing your real Bibles. And as we began to endeavor to read these, you realize one day when all the lights go out, you'll still have your Bible. Hallelujah. Okay, turn with me to Luke 4, 43. Luke 4, 43. Jesus said to them, Luke 4, 43. I love the sound of the pages turning. It's the sound of many waters, actually. He said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. I was sent for this purpose. We've heard that Jesus We know Jesus came to be the sacrifice of sin for us and to put us into right relationship with God. But he also was sent for the purpose to preach the message of the kingdom, which is what our churches are there for, to preach the message of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And now, you don't know where you're going till you know where you've come from. So now turn with me to Genesis 16. That's in the New Testament. I mean the Old Testament. Just checking. (laughs) Genesis 16, 8 and 9. Genesis 16, verse 8 and 9. I want you to understand this. I only saw this many years later after I was born again. I didn't see this in the scriptures he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? That's the question I want to ask you. Where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarah's. Hey, that was a really great thing to be doing right then, to flee from the, the presence of because this one was going to smack it and it, it was really a problem here. But then the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. But where have you come from and where are you going? Ask your neighbor, where have you come from? And where are you going? So you see, to know where you're going, you have to know where you've come from. So regarding Celebration Church, we're just going to share with you today a little bit about where we've come from. We started like this. And when I met Pastor Tom, I was going to Bible school 
and I had a music education degree. I didn't know that I was going to Africa. I didn't want to come to Africa. All my roommates wanted to go to Africa or China or India or something. I didn't want to go anywhere. They're all still in America and I'm here. And Pastor Tom and I, I met him. In three days we were engaged, two months we were married, two weeks we went to Africa. Six months we started the church and we've been going ever since. But our beginning looked like this. I'm not telling all I know. There's much more to tell. But here's, the <laughs> but here's that's how we started. So then we went from that to this. Overnight, right? <laughs> no, people come here and they look at the center and they say, wow, you've come. Wow, this is a, just such, a, such an overnight success. Yeah, it's a 40-year overnight success. When I look at this picture, I don't see, oh, wow, that's cool. I see, ow. It was very painful. And so you have no idea. For every day, for years what this took. So we started with six people in our lounge, like this. After the mud hut, we went to starting in our lounge. And then we were, um, I kept thinking, you know, all of the people in our church were Murungus. But we live in Africa. I said, where's the people with some pigment in the skin? <laughs> so we were brought here by God. I didn't come here because I wanted to come here. I just want you to know that. I'm so glad I did. Looking at your beautiful faces. But then we went, I was leading a, I had never been trained. I'd never been trained to do a ladies' meeting. I'd never been trained to lead praise and worship. I'd never been trained to pastor a church, to do intercession, youth ministry, children's ministry, hospital ministry, babies' image. I'd never been trained to do anything. I didn't even want to have any babies. And I ended up with five. I didn't want babies. I didn't know anything about a nursery. And I didn't know what to do. So the thing is, the call of God is the call of God. So you choose the call of God, and he then makes the way. So then after our home, we moved to Mount Pleasant Hall. And in Mount Pleasant Hall, Pastor Tom led worship first on his guitar. And then I took over, hallelujah, from there. <laughs> it was quite slow beginnings, but we had an incredible journey. <coughs> that was the first service. He preached. <laughs> he sang. He tried. He played the guitar. It was fun. Pastor Tom, would you like to share with us one of your first songs? <laughs> no, we'll leave it for another day. Anyway, a few years after that, we started with 50 people in this place. Then we moved to Harry Margolis Hall. And it was a Jewish hall. Of course, it had a lot of weddings and parties. And our, our ushers used to go to church at 4 a.m. in the morning and clean up all the beer bottles and spilled liquor and all kinds of trash. It was terrible. And they set up for corporate worship every Sunday for 20 years. How many of you are 20 years old? Your entire lifetime, they set up. This went on, and every American preacher we've ever spoken to, I don't know about you, Pastor Miles, but how your congregation would do that for 20 years. Most have said we'd never have a church if that was the case. But our people were faithful, loyal, and they did it. Then the masses started coming. It became a totally different culture. You know, 
the most amazing thing. Um, we had a, uh, like I said, we had Marungus. And someone then went to Chittanguiza and raised someone from the dead in a hospital ministry. Then all of Chittanguiza started coming to Harry Margulis Hall. Hey. And they were coming to Harry Margulis Hall in the droves. And, you know, it was very challenging. <laughs> it was very crazy because most of them didn't have money for transport. So when they got there, they didn't also have deodorant. <laughs> so there was a different atmosphere in the place due to that. And they had to, because they had to walk. And then they also, some of them, due to, due to financial situations, didn't know how to use the toilets that were in Harry Margolis Hall. So we had a mess. So the Marungus were complaining on one hand. The Chinguiza people were rejoicing on the other. And we were very confused. So as we started the church, Pastor Tom set some very strong foundations. Number one, the pastor and his wife, meaning us, we will not have tea with everybody every day. Now, that was the concept of some people in small churches, that the pastor would have lots of tea. Now, there's nothing wrong with having tea. Believe me, that I didn't know how to make tea for about four years. It was really a challenge with this milk and stuff. But anyway, Pastor Tom and I couldn't have tea with everybody and still do the work of the ministry. So we had to set that record straight. And some white people left the church. They didn't like the fact that they didn't think we were friendly enough. And then the second thing he said was, this is an English-speaking congregation. So I don't care if it's Shona in Debeli or Korean, we are going to speak English, not even American. <laughs> so we started the church with primarily white people. Now these white people, Europeans, Morungus, they were very happy to sing hymns and stand still. Be still and know that I am God was a very favorite scripture for them. Yes, then, <laughs> then came some Chittanguiza people. <laughs> And they wanted to move. And they wanted to sing Shona. And here are we singing, He is the King of Kings. And I, <laughs> my way, Shangu for sure. <laughs> and the Shona people were saying, Hey, we are in a, um, we're living in Africa. This is Zimbabwe. So we should be singing in African. So anyway, I was so confused and I was very, very challenged by this dilemma. I didn't know what to do. So I remember one action at the Sheraton even. We were singing Jabalani, Jabalani, Africa. Anybody know that song? So all these, all these mainly African style people were all in the middle dancing and shouting and carrying on. And then that I had one of my worship leaders lead that. Then I came and led another song and somebody took one of the guy's hands and off they all people went off the, the floor because they were mad because I stopped singing African. Now wait a minute, Jabulani wasn't even African. It was one word, Jabulani. Now you see, because it was a spirit, it was a spirit of division caused by the culture and the tradition of men, which I'll share with you in just a second. But you know that we were an English speaking church and many people then, many white people left the church because it was too dark. Many dark people then began to leave the church because the lighter ones were making some statements. So what's a mother to do? So, like I said, I was very conflicted and in distress. 
So everybody wanted what they wanted. Of course, people come to church for different reasons. You all do, and they have different expectations. The modern church is characterized by being seeker-friendly. What do you want? Catering to opinions and preferences. I don't like it this way. I like it that way. What are you going to do for me? People are seeking entertainment from the pastors and are trying to keep people happy. Pastors are trying to keep people happy so that they remain part of the congregation. Much of it has to do with wanting the values of our own culture and traditions. Now, we have people going to church because they, of what they want rather than what God wants. But my question to you is, how does God see this? How does God see this? And what is in your heart? Watch this. Welcome to First Trinity Unity Community Church of the United States. How can we feed you today? Hi. I'd like a 25-minute sermon and some upbeat worship music, please. Nothing too crazy, though. And I don't like to stand until the very end. Certainly. Please drive forward. Have a blessed day. No standing until the end, right? Of course not, sir. Here at MTU CCUSA, we get your order right the first time, every time, all the time, and on time until the end of time. Have a blessed day. Welcome to First Trinity Unity Community Church of the United States. How can we feed you today? Uh, can I get some children's ministry, please, with games? Ah! Lots of games. And, uh, can I have some movies, too, but please, no veggie tales. Girls, I don't like the veggie tales long as they get stuck in my head. Okay? Um, then I'd like the multicolored fishy crackers, please, not the plain gold ones. We've got those at home. Okay, we've got those. We've got those. Um, and, uh, a cry room. Do you guys have a cry room? Certainly. Okay, can I get, uh, a leather chair and surround sound, please, in my cry room? Certainly. Have a blessed day. First Trinity Unity Community Church of the United States. How can we feed you today? Who's teaching? Pastor Wilkes. No, I'm not so crazy about him. Oh, uh, I meant uh, Pastor Johnson, of course. Sorry for the mix-up. That's more like it. Now look, I don't want any of that Old Testament business today. I want to focus on the New Testament. Well, of course, sir. The Old Testament God is me. I mean, he is a lot happier now, so let's focus on the present. Certainly. I want some creative illustrations. I want to laugh a little bit, but not too much. I want my communion crackers broken for me with 100% with 100% natural grape juice. I know that stuff last week from Ken. You think that's honoring to God? No, sir. Of course not. I didn't think so. And I want to feel encouraged and uplifted and affirmed this week. And look, I want some healing for my bunion. And... I don't want to be challenged too much, just a little bit, okay? Because I'm challenged enough during work. Certainly. This is a safe place. A happy place. I'd be a lot happier if you had, if you had something in the fifth row or so. Certainly. That's what I'm talking about. Have a blessed day. Did you see anybody you know? 
So we're bombarded when we started the church with expectations. Old folks would say to me, you don't have an old folks ministry. We were accused of not having a singles ministry, a divorce people's ministry, a hospital ministry, a prison ministry, an outreach ministry, a street feeding ministry. <sighs> we felt so guilty and unprepared for all of that. At the same time, I felt like we were being taken for granted. So Pastor Tom, it was a challenge. So someone shared with me though, Acts 16, verse 30. When the jailer said, sir, what must I do to be saved? So it wasn't up to, it was up to me. It was up to you. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to learn more about God? What must I do to help serve? What must I do to make my life count? What must I do to make you happy? The questions have been reversed in this culture, in this world today. It's not, how can you take care of me? So Matthew 15, 6 says, And by this you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You invalidate the word of God for the sake of your tradition, whether it's Shauna, Indebelli, American, <laughs> feminist. What is your tradition? Old, Medala, Sekuru, Gogo. What is your tradition? Jesus said in John 5, 19, therefore he answered saying, truly, truly, I say to you, the son of man can do nothing, the son of God can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does. What is the father doing right now? Is the father loving you, providing for you, creating for you? He is your God. So it's not about our culture. I was stuck in the middle and I would say, I know these people love Jesus and they want to, to serve him, but how can we cater to everybody's tradition and how can we tradition to the cultures of men? How can we facilitate the customs and everyone's preference? Jeremiah 10 verse three, I want you to turn to Jeremiah 10 verse three and I want you to see what God said even back, way back. Jeremiah 10 verse three. Jesus said, the customs of the people are delusion. The customs of the people are delusion. The customs that you hold on to invalidate the word of God, he said in the New Testament, and here he says it's a delusion. So after agonizing over all this for some time, I woke up one morning and said to the Lord, I can't do this, I can't do this, I don't know what to do, I can't help all these people, I'm done. And he said, it's not about you, it's up to you. And he said, it's about the kingdom of God. Not the culture, tradition of men, but the culture, tradition of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So what does that look like? Well, little by little, I began to search the meaning of culture and God began to share with me, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not my kingdom, but his kingdom. So it's understanding the kingdom sometimes can be overbearing <laughs> in the earthly cultures that are regulated, but we're in this world, not of it. And 
I became overwhelmed with the fact so many people would come to our church that were in our church and said, oh, yours is just American culture. Well, I wanna ask you Americans that are here, is this American culture what we do here? Do we do American culture? Huh, what do we culture is this? You better say kingdom or you're fired. Get out. <laughs> All right, so the definition of culture is this. A set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterizes an institution, an organization, or a group. So our shared attitude and values. So regarding the kingdom, you are either a representative or you are a substitute. You're either a representative or a substitute. Those of you in Celebration Church, are you a representative or are you a substitute of the kingdom, of the culture that you belong to? So every kingdom has certain characteristics and attributes. So this is how your values are born. How many of you have heard of our values? Culture of service, language of love, currency of faith, right. Well, I'm gonna tell you that's how they were born. They were born in my bedroom one morning while I was agonizing over you people. I sat up and the Spirit of God said, it's a culture of service. So in the Bible, there's 12 tribes and they all 12 had different functions and different purposes. For example, the Levites took care of the altar and Issachar knew the times and the seasons and Judah praised. So Celebration Church, what is our culture? Reformation? Based on word, prayer, and worship. But we should still have culture of service. Are you here to serve? How many of you are here to serve? Here I am, send me. How many of you sing that? Oh, I've seen you sing it. I've seen you sing it. And then you know what happens? We say, hey, please would you help, help us take care of the children? Ah, uh, no. Please, when you help us join the ushers and clean the toilets. Uh, I don't do toilets. <laughs> so we all want to share and we all want to serve, but we want to do it our way. Please will you share and give an offering and help us with what we're doing for the orphans and for the prisons. Ah, no. I need to buy my Coca-Cola. So if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, what does the Bible say? You need to be the servant of all and willing to do a toilet, a baby, a children, an usher. <laughs> you look so excited. Anyway, let me show you an example of service. With me, we can make a difference in this bathroom. With you, with me, we share a dream. Attacking dust, mopping out. We can make a difference in this bathroom. Building people, building dreams.
Dr. McConey, I'm really glad they're in the bathroom and not in the choir. Um, but, <laughs> but you see, isn't that a wonderful, a wonderful example of serving? Uh, I didn't ask them. I don't know. They just did it on their own accord as far as I'm concerned. Now that, that is really a mark of the kingdom of God. So Jesus said in Mark 10, 43 through 45, but it is not this way among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your, what must you be? And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to, but to what? And to give his life a ransom. The second characteristic is language of love. Language of love. It isn't a language of English and the belly, Shona, but love. Yet, Pastor Tom, the founder here, if you don't like what happens in this church, then you find one that you like. It shouldn't be that hard. Hallelujah. And 2 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8, I'd love to read that right now, but I'd like you to read it again in your spare time. It's about love. Love is patient and kind, not jealous, doesn't brag, it's not arrogant, act unbecomingly or seek its own. It's not provoked, doesn't take into account a wrong suffered. So turn to your neighbor and just give them a little language of love right now. Just say, bless you. In the name of the Lord, bless you. Pastor Tom said it's the kingdom. See his kingdom, share his love. Share his love, share his love. Then a third attribute of a kingdom, a third attribute of a kingdom is currency. How do we trade and eat and barter and jobs and things like that? Well, a culture is, all, is known by its currency. Mexicans have what? What does a Mexican have? Do you have a peso? Do you have one? Do you have a peso? Do you have a peso? Mexicans have peso. I want one. Oh, you don't have very, you don't have very many. Oh, you left in Zimbabwe. I mean, in Mexico. I want, I want a peso for my collection. <laughs> Zambian. What is yours? Who has kwacha in here? Nobody has kwacha? Oh, you don't want to tell me because I'll ask you for it. Okay, never mind. The British, what do the British have? And Zimbabweans? <laughs> Zimbabweans is confused. <laughs> I shandai. Zimbabwe currency is a challenge. <laughs> we are confused. <laughs> we have, <laughs> oh my goodness. And you know, in time, it's going to be a, um, they're, they're going to want a cashless society anyway. So we're kind of prepared for that, right? We're used to <laughs> not knowing what's going on with our money. But <laughs> Hebrews 11 says, by faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Our currency in this congregation, church, kingdom, faith. 
Everything that we have done here has been by faith. Pastor Tom hardly has ever done something with the finances first. He starts something and believes the finance will come. That's called faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. By faith. Read Hebrews 11. By faith. Like I said, without faith, it's impossible to believe God. And faith is the evidence of things hoped for. But if you wait, if he waited for the money before he started building this building, we would be sitting in the dirt. We wouldn't even be here. So may you operate by faith. May you operate by faith. I pray revelation. I pray revelation. You know, then... Uh, I'd love to talk more about that. In fact, Pastor Tom could preach three weeks on faith, but that is our currency and should be our currency because the Zimbabwean one we cannot count on. Then we have a lifestyle of cells. And you can ask Pastor Taz. He can give you all the information on cells. It's a fantastic. We started cell groups, I think, seven times or something. We started our first year, and we had a couple of good cell groups going, and then people moved, and we never got. We kept going and going and going. But Pastor Tom knew the church is the size that God wanted. In order for us to take care of the people, we had to have cells. We had to have smaller groups divided up. It's very biblical. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Together, Pastor Taz, cells. Cells is our lifestyle. People, when you get sick, you get help. When you get married, you get help. When you give birth, you get help. When someone dies, you get help. I mean, it's the place to go to. Cells. I'm going there, Pastor Taz, and I, I just don't have enough time to go there as much as you would want me to. But uh, <laughs> see him afterwards. If you have a question about cells, and I know you say, oh, I tried cells. Well, yeah, maybe, but maybe you didn't have the right fit. There's How many cells do we have in Barrowdale? How many? 200 cells. <laughs> People can divide it, be divided into three groups. Those who make things happen. Who, who's that? Who makes things happen around here? Who wants to make things happen? Those who watch what happens. And those who wonder what happened. <laughs> so then we have a mandate of action. One of the things I struggle with a little bit in this culture, I have to be honest with you, is that sometimes we are very slow. This is kind of a challenge to me. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know some people who walk like that? Especially when the shoes slush around. <laughs> 
But this, we have a mandate of action. And this is what you should be looking like. When you go somewhere, you kuramitsa. There you go. Kuramitsa, ipapo. Be alert, be alert. Sit up in your chair, be alert, look around. Thank you very much, you were slouching. Okay, I'll show you in a minute. What's going on around you? The Greek word for immediately is euthis, used 59 times in the New Testament. Euthis is used 41 times in the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark is my favorite book. Because it's constantly saying immediately and suddenly and they moved and they moved and they moved. Of course we say, be still and know that I am God, is used once. <laughs> there are, no, 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 no. There is time that we wait on the Lord, but the wait isn't passive. It's not passive. Hey, I wish I could talk on that. In fact, I'd love to get you all up and march you around this place and show you how to eat papo and ishoji and kurmiza. Next time. Pastor Tom, next, <laughs> next year. So anyway, then we have a method of teams. We work together, not in isolation. It's not about you. It's up to you. <coughs> For action to happen, look at this. That's what I feel like. Thank you.
Here we go. Okay. <laughs> How many of you want to do this last little jaunt here? How many of you like the first one? Are they all? Look at your neighbor. Are they part of the first or the last? Okay, then we have a standard of excellence. And these are all things God gave me in my bedroom in Marlborough on, what was the 38th Marble Drive? So we have a standard of excellence, and I want you to see what I see. And it's been very difficult for us. Now, which is excellent? <laughs> Who looks more confident? A or B? Who looks like they're more respectable? Respectable. More excellent. Who would you like to counsel you? <laughs> Who would you like to hear preach? What's wrong with you? Now listen, how many of you see a lot of B? How many of you are B? Look at your neighbor. How are they sitting in that chair now? Slouch, slouch, slouch. I mean, everywhere you go. <laughs> when you go to church, oh, I need my phone. When you go to church in America, people say, there's a church in America that says, everybody, come as you are. Just any old how, any old way. But let me tell you something. Jesus never said, come as you are. They said, no, but we must come as we are because God borned us naked. So that's how we were born. So why, if we came to the world naked, that's how we should be all the time. <laughs> Hi, how many of you would like that very much? Now you see, the world's conditioned us so much. We are beholding on this. And you become what you behold. So you want to pursue what you see, which is this. so much that Kim Kardashian is how we do it. Do you know, 10, 20 years ago, nobody, who wants to see your lips go and your neck go and your eyes go? I'm going there. Yeah. You see, here's the thing. When everybody, <laughs> when everybody wants to take a picture, they always go, mm -hmm. why? Because <laughs> you're conditioned. You're conditioned. Wake up. Stop being conditioned. Open your eyes. Be what God wants you to be. No, we don't want you to be conditioned. 
Selfies make you self-centered and self-stupid, selfish. What is your, who is your role in all of this? And then why do you want to, why do you want to go to church coming, ladies, showing lines here and lines there, and your trousers are so tight we see all the items men. If you are immodest, it means you're drawing attention to something. Modesty, immodest, modesty means not drawing attention to anything. But immodest draws attention to something. What thing is that? You walk up to somebody, you go, hmm. Because something's showing that you don't need showing. I cannot tell you the number of men and pastors that come to me and say, please, will you talk to the ladies not to show? Well, yeah, I'll talk to the ladies not to show, but men, you too. I'm going there. You be careful. <laughs> and most people, who wants to correct people? Nobody wants to, don't tell me how to dress. Don't tell me how to act. Don't tell me how to look. Don't tell me how to take a selfie. <laughs> you too. I heard a preacher one time on a thing saying, he has to be really careful and stop because the women on the front row are showing things and he had, then he gets distracted. Please, it's not about the person being distracted only, it's about everybody. Consider your brother more than yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, we also need to have an attitude of gratitude. Are you thankful? The Bible says in Romans 1:21, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him or give him thanks. They became futile in their speculation and their foolish hearts were darkened. In everything, give thanks. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank you. Thank you for sitting next to me. Some of you would say, oh, you are so fortunate that you're sitting next to me. No, no, thank you for the opportunity that I could sit with you, an attitude of gratitude. So I'd like to go into that a little bit more. I don't have time, but people don't believe in God anymore. Science has helped us not to believe in God. We worship science more than we do God, more than we do the Bible. We trust science more than the Bible because well, it's been around long. Hey, this has been around longer. And so is our Father, hallelujah. Then the last thing, 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, Take, So that no advantage should be taken of us by Satan. For we're not ignorant of his devices, but I say we are ignorant of his devices. We are very ignorant of his devices. But here's the thing. Now this was taken off of our culture values. How many of you have the culture values? Many of you have them. But our food is to do the will of God. You know, cultures are, are kind of... Um, known by the food they have. What would you think of when you think of uh, China food? What do you think of Chinese food? Rice. American food? Hamburgers. Italy, Italian food. Pasta. <laughs> That's what I used to think people were saying when they were talking to Pastor Tom, pasta. What is the common food of Zimbabwe? <laughs> the common, the food of the kingdom of God is to do the will of God. Hallelujah. 
Involvement is key to your call. Your response determines your destiny. Again, I want to make sure you have your real Bibles. And religion, James 1.27, that God our Father accepts as pure and fruitless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Keep oneself unstained by the world. What does that look like? Look at your neighbor. Are they stained? Well, you probably can't tell because they're covering up really good today. Are un unstained by the world. Gentlemen, can you take your hat off, please, in church? Thank you. And your glasses. Now that looks better. Look, hallelujah. Let's give it a It used to be men didn't wear hats in church or men didn't wear hats inside. Once they stepped through a door, the hat came off. In this day and age, everyone's wearing a hat. Why? Conditioned. Conditioned to a certain thing. Whether it's right or wrong, it is what it is and we accept it. Television is where we learn most things. Tell lie vision. Tell a lie to your vision. <laughs> wow, backwards is wow. Tell a lie to your vision. And also you are programmed by the programs. You are conditioned and ch by the channels that channel into you. So I want to encourage you to wake up, don't be unstained by, don't be stained by the world. Know what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He doesn't change. He doesn't wear a hat one day and not the next. He doesn't say, say wear a long skirt one day and a mini skirt the next and it's okay. He doesn't change. He created you, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. To be kept in purity and honesty and dignity to be kept unstained by the world, to present your body a living sacrifice to God. Oh, I can dress as I want, I can eat what I want. Yeah, and you're gonna get mafuta and you're gonna get sick and you're gonna die early. So what is the end of this? Our culture are those values. So when you see those values, don't just think somebody said, oh, somebody, I thought it was just men and some businessmen in a room got together and created those things. Uh-uh, it was mama. Trying, trying, asking God, how do I take care of this crowd? God, it's your people. <laughs> you fix them. But what is this? So here's the cry that we should all have. Let the love of Christ be seen in me. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.